Hey friend, I'm Melissa, and I'm obsessed with cheering on other women in this thing called life. I'm all about grabbing a cup of coffee, having healthy conversations, and making strong connections with others as we walk through what life brings. I'm a wife, mom of three, multi-passionate mama who is an online health and fitness coach, group coaching program creator, and Massachusetts realtor. The Healthy Connections podcast is here to connect you to other women who have found their purpose in life and are going for it. It's here to connect you with healthier options for your family through fitness to nutrition and to help you in creating healthier connections with your children and those you love. We are creating those healthy connections through conversation, community, and a little bit of that coffee. We want to help you honor the body God has given you physically so that you can overcome what life throws you mentally so that you can shine your light. Sound good? Okay, my friend, grab that cup of coffee, a jug of water, or a mason jar of kombucha, Put on those cozy socks and those yoga pants and welcome to the conversation at the Healthy Connections podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Connections podcast. I am happy you've tuned in today and I hope you had an amazing holiday. I can't believe that the holidays are already over. We've still got New Year's coming up on Monday, but all the Christmas and holiday hubbub is done. And it doesn't even feel like it It has not even snowed here in Massachusetts. So just waiting for that first snowfall. It would be nice to bring the kids sledding on their Christmas break, but that's not going to happen. But we move on. All right. So with the new year upon us, I am not going to talk about the typical goal setting steps or how to make a vision board or anything like that on today's episode. But instead, I'm going to talk about alcohol. So I've talked about it before, but I did a dry January last year, and my intention for the new year is to do it again and to do a dry month every other month or so in 2024. So today we're diving back into a topic that many people ponder but rarely discuss in depth, uh, the the effects of alcohol on our bodies. Um, and steps that we can take to move away from alcohol consumption. You don't have to stop drinking alcohol altogether. I know that there's a lot of people that just love their glass of wine or love a great whiskey on the rocks or whatever. Um, they love to celebrate with alcohol, but there is a lot in culture that revolves around both alcohol and around food. And so I just think it's important to be very mindful of what we're doing when we are drinking, what we are doing to our bodies. And we should be thinking about the same thing when we are eating. Is this food like actually giving my body nourishment or am I just eating it for the enjoyment of it? And is it a treat here and there? And I've talked about that as well. So, you know, take this information, do what you want with it. I am not here to, um, to shame you or anything to that effect, but I think it is important to have that conversation, understand the effects of alcohol on our bodies and on those around us, right? Because it changes our attitudes and the steps that we can take to move away from alcohol consumption and um, to really just make a change with how we look at alcohol and what it's doing to our bodies. So grab a cozy spot, sit back, and let's get started. So 
Alcohol is obviously a substance and it's been a part of human culture for centuries. It's been enjoyed by many for its social and its relaxing effects. I actually had a doctor, a doctor, a neurologist tell me to drink a glass of wine every single night so that I would calm down because MS, my symptoms of MS kick up with stress. And I'm just typically stressed. Like I don't like to admit that, but I just get stressed about everything, everything. I just stress about it. My husband is so laid back. I have an uncle who's super laid back and I look at them and I'm like, how are you so relaxed about things? And I really do think it's a hormone thing with women versus men. But anyway, it's it's just important to understand that alcohol can have both short-term and long-term consequences on our physical and mental health. So today, let's explore some of these effects and the steps we can take to make healthier choices. First and foremost, like I said, this episode is not intended to make you feel bad about yourself for drinking. Additionally, if you do feel like you are addicted to alcohol, you should definitely reach out to someone who can help you. I shared this year on this podcast that my dad is now over a year sober, sober, excuse me, after struggling his entire life with alcohol addiction. And I just want to make it clear that it's never too late to ask for and to get help because you can make that change if you feel like you are addicted to it, or maybe you don't feel like you're addicted to it, but you feel like you're on the road to possibly becoming addicted, or it's just taking over too much of your life. You're thinking about it way too much. And those are some warning signs, not a warning necessarily that you're going to become an addict to alcohol, but it's a warning sign that you know that something has to change and it's up to you to make that change. All right. So I think we all know this, but alcohol affects our central nervous system, which controls our brain and our body functions. And when we consume alcohol, it enters our bloodstream and travels to our brain, which alters our brain chemistry. And so this is why drinking can cause a sense of euphoria or relaxation initially, but as we drink more, it impairs our judgment, coordination, and our reaction time, making even simple tasks more challenging. So just, just knowing that it's doing that to our bodies should indicate to us that it's not the best, right? So beyond the immediate impact, alcohol also takes a toll on our long-term health, obviously. So excessive and prolonged alcohol consumption can lead to liver damage increasing the risk of liver diseases such as cirrhosis of the liver, which is basically scarring of the liver. It can also weaken our immune system, making us more susceptible to infections. Additionally, alcohol can negatively impact our heart health, which contributes to high blood pressure and an increased risk of heart disease. Not to mention, it can have detrimental effects on our mental well-being, contributing to anxiety, depression, and yes, even addiction to it. So have you ever woken up between 1 and 3 a.m. after having some wine before bed or another alcoholic beverage before bed, sweating and feeling like you're going through menopause? Raise your hand to yourself or just say, yes, I've felt that. Uh, so that's your body processing the alcohol 
um, your blood alcohol le- level. So once you're dr- you start drinking, your blood alcohol level is going to go up. But once you stop, it's going to start coming down. And a lot of times that happens when we are sleeping. So your poor liver is trying to process all of these toxins and sugars, and it's in overdrive to try to remove them. And around that time, because by the time you stop drinking, it takes a certain amount of time for your body to start um, releasing the toxins. And it's around that my dog is barking at another dog outside. So I apologize. So it's around the time of between one and three in the morning, by the time your body starts processing it, and it doesn't know what to do with all of these sugars. So a lot of times we'll wake up between one and three in the morning, sweating, and it interrupts our sleep, it interrupts our REM sleep. So as your body metabolizes the alcohol, it goes through those various stages, and this can wake you up. Now, let's discuss the steps that we can take to move away from alcohol consumption and promote a healthier lifestyle. We know that alcohol is not great for us. We know it changes our mood and it changes our gut health. It's loaded with sugar and it can lead to gout in some people. A lot of times um, people will say, oh, gout is from eating fatty meats or whatever, Not necessarily true. If you're drinking a lot of wine or you're drinking a lot of alcohol, it can be caused by the high levels of sugar that you're consuming as well. All right. So the steps that we can take to move away from it. As I mentioned in last week's episode, I started to read the book, The Alcohol Experiment. It's 30 days to take control, cut down, or give up alcohol for good. So It's by Annie Grace. This is not an ad for her. I don't know who she is, but I was introduced to this book because I was really considering just giving up alcohol in 2024. And then I was like, well, I need to set realistic goals because I do love a glass of wine with my husband when we're talking about what our goals are or what's going on in life and blah, blah, blah. So will I give it up for good? I don't know. I don't think I will. But you never know. But doing dry January last year or this current year, 2023, was awesome. I loved it. Um, Would I like to do that every other month? Yes, I would. So that's going to be my goal for this year is to do a dry month just about every other month. So grab the book, The Alcohol Experiment, and start reading it. Step one is really just that self-reflection and just understanding your motivation. So just take some time to ask yourself why you want to reduce or eliminate alcohol from your life. Is it for overall health and well-being? Is it so that you can start thinking clearer? Is it so that you can improve your relationships? Identifying those reasons will help you stay committed to the journey. The same is true in your health and fitness. Identifying the reasons why you want to lose 15 pounds or to feel better will help you forge forward and stay committed to the journey. Um, So yeah, identify those reasons. For me, I know that it's an inflammatory thing to have. Like it does nothing, zero. And that neurologist that told me (laughs) to have a glass of wine I understand where he was coming from, but at the same time, it's having a negative effect in the long term. It doesn't help my sleep, and my sleep is where I really relax, right? Our sleep is where we relax. And having that wine before bed, not a good idea. It's full of sugar, as are all alcoholic drinks. 
most alcoholic drinks. So I just recommend that you understand your motive behind stopping. I just want to read from page 25 of um, the alcohol experiment. And she talks about alcohol itself. So uh, straight alcohol is ethanol. It's the same stuff you put in your gas tank. A few sips will make you vomit and a few ounces of pure ethanol will kill you. I think it's safe to say you won't, you would never go suck on the end of a gas pump nozzle because it tastes good. No matter what your favorite drink is, the alcohol makes up only a small percentage of the liquid. The rest is flavorings, sugar, carbohydrates, and other additives. Now, of course, there are things we appreciate as adults that we did not appreciate as children. We clearly grow a more refined palate as we age. She's talking about the the quote unquote excuse that we like the taste of alcohol. So that's why we don't want to give it up. So she's, she's going into a little bit of information about that. And she goes on and, and then on page 27, she says, um, let's see. So what about the argument? Alcohol enhances the taste of my food. Do we say that about any other beverage and food combination? People may, people say, Milk enhances the taste of cookies, but could that be because we physically dip cookies into milk? No one dips their steak into their wine glass. The truth is alcohol is actually an anesthetic. It numbs our ability to taste, making it more difficult to savor our food. Imagine we could remove all the physical and emotional effects of alcohol. If it couldn't actually make you drunk, would people still drink it? There's a body of pretty convincing research suggesting they wouldn't. It tastes bad. It's poisonous. Drinking for the taste is a convenient, innocent excuse. So just go get the book. It's just really good. So understanding why you're holding on to alcohol, it tastes good as an example, is just as important as figuring out why you want to decrease your consumption of it. All right. So step two involves reaching out for support, obviously supporting yourself with your friends and your family and groups who understand and can provide encouragement during the time that you're trying to, you know, have less of it. You can feel free to lean on their understanding and expertise whenever you need it. So remember that seeking support is a sign of strength, not weakness. And by the way, do not feel shameful that you'd like to decrease your alcohol consumption. Why is it that people give others such a freaking hard time when they don't want to drink? Alcohol is a drug, period. Yet people give the guilt trip when you want to skip drinking altogether. It's it blows my mind how many times people tell me, yeah, but you know, my friends will ask me if I have a problem with drinking. They'll get concerned. Honestly, guys, when I posted this on Facebook that I was going to do a group um, for people that reading the book, um, it's actually just probably going to be text messages between me and them, just walking them through the 30 days. When I posted that, I had people privately messaging me because they were afraid that if their family or friends saw them comment on the post, that they would think that they have an alcohol problem. No, the fact is that, okay, so if put it this way. If someone made a post 
that said, Hey, I want to stop eating. So I want to stop eating cookies every night. Would, and, and they were creating a group for people that liked to eat cookies every night. And they said, comment below if you want to be part of my group that helps you stop eating cookies every night. Would you then private message the person and say, I'm afraid that my family is going to have questions about why I eat cookies every night and wonder if I'm a cookie addict? No, that's not going to happen. More than likely. Even though sugar in the form of a cookie is, is damaging as well. I won't say it's just as damaging as alcohol, but it is also damaging to your body. So why is it that people think you have a problem? It can go either way, right? Your your aunt could reach out and say, do you have a problem with alcohol? I saw your post and that you wanted to read this alcohol experiment book. Is there a problem? Are you an alcoholic? And then you could have your friend Bobby down the street say, dude, Why do you want to give up alcohol? That's so stupid. It's not like you're an alcoholic or anything. You know what I mean? Like why, why is our culture has made it one or the other. It hasn't really been a matter of your health. It's a matter of you either have a problem or you're, you're stupid because you want to give it up. It's, there's no in between and it's hard to um, really wrap my head around why it's been made to be such a bad thing when, you know, going to McDonald's every day is perfectly fine in most people's minds versus having a glass of wine every night makes you an alcoholic. It doesn't, it doesn't line up for me because they're both horribly detrimental to your health. All right. So step three is finding alternative activities to engage in when the urge to drink arises identify hobbies, I don't know, exercises or interests that bring you joy, replace alcohol-centered socializing with healthier alternatives that strengthen your connections without relying on alcohol as a crutch in those situations. If you are out with people, there's a lot of no alcohol alternatives. There's no alcohol beer. There's mocktails that are also sometimes loaded with sugar. So you kind of have to be careful there, but Having soda water, not tonic, but soda water with a splash of cranberry and some some fruit on top, it's non-alcoholic and people won't even know that you're not drinking unless you were to announce to them that you're not drinking. So there's the go-to mocktail that I usually get, the soda water with a splash of cranberry or a splash of orange juice and some fruit. So step four is to then, like I said before, setting realistic goals. So Obviously, it's essential to understand that change does take time. So you want to start with small, attainable goals to avoid feeling overwhelmed. Um, Monitor your progress regularly and celebrate every milestone, no matter how insignificant it might seem. And each step, is it does count. So if you don't want to do dry January, that's totally fine. But maybe download the app. This is also not an ad, but download the app Try Dry. It's T-R-Y-D-R-Y. Um, I don't think it's a U.S. app. I I think it's like a European app because some of their weighing measures are different, but I used it this entire year. Every day I logged if I drank that day or didn't. Um, It has you log how many drinks you had. I didn't do that. I just logged 
if I drank or not. And then at the end of the every day, it tells you like you can see your month snapshot of how many days that month you had a drink, how many days you didn't. And you can see a pattern form throughout the year. It's quite fascinating. So I would highly suggest getting that app. Um, but you can see if you're using alcohol as a crutch, did it, did you have a stressful day? You can start seeing patterns. Um, and maybe just use that app to help you set some goals. You know, if you don't want to do dry January, maybe just say, I'm not going to drink except on Saturdays this in, in January. And then in February, you can say, I'm not going to have a drink except on Valentine's Day. And then in March, you can say, I'm just going to do dry March. I've done so well so far this year. I'm just going to do a dry March. So set, set those goals for yourself and make them realistic. And lastly, step five is taking care of your overall well-being. So focus on improving your physical and ment- mental health holistically. Get plenty of exercise. Prioritize quality sleep, which is going to come as you stop having alcohol. And nourish your body with a balanced diet and practice mindfulness, okay? So remember that this journey is going to be unique to you and it's okay to stumble along the way. It's essential to just be kind to yourself and embrace the progress that you're making rather than dwelling on any setbacks. And again, the same is true in your health and fitness journey. You are worth the effort and deserve a healthy and vibrant life and cutting back or cutting out alcohol altogether is going to do that for you. So that is it for today's episode on the effects of alcohol on our bodies and some steps to take to move away from alcohol consumption. I hope you found this information insightful and empowering. Always know that change is possible and it starts with a single step in that right direction. And don't forget to grab the book, the alcohol experiment. Again, this is not an ad. I just really like the book and I think it comes with a journal as well. You could grab that too. I just think it's an important piece of this journey as you go into 2024. And I wanted to also make sure that you try that try dry app that will really help as well. So again, it's incredibly eye opening when you track your days of dry versus drinking alcohol for the year. So I wish you so much health and great success in chasing after a better version of the already amazing you in 2024. Until next week, connect with others with a simple smile, a hug, or a high five. And remember to be well, be kind, and find the happy in the everyday. Happy New Year.